Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verses 1 through to 10. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem, captive in the fifth month. So you'll notice the kings that we have on the sheet. Three of them are mentioned here, Josiah and Jehoiakim, and then the last king ever to reign over the house of Judah was Zedekiah. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Behold, I have formed thee, uh, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. You'll notice it's God's words, but it's our mouth. It's not our words, it's God's mouth. It's our mouth, but it's God's words. See, I have set thee, uh, this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. All right, we'll hold it there. Now, I want you just on your notes, a little bit of fill in here, and mainly in the last, uh, the second page. You should have two pages tonight. And so we want to look at the last five kings of Judah, just very briefly, and then end up with uh, the most perfect king, who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. All right, now, you'll notice in verse, uh, verse um, 2 and 3, I've already drawn your attention to, uh, from Josiah through to the kings that you have on your sheet here, we have the last five kings of the house of Judah. Not the house of Israel. The house of Israel has gone into captivity to Assyria uh, over a hundred years beforehand. And so we have Judah's last five kings on your note here. Uh, number one, Josiah. Uh, and then number two, Jehoahaz. And then number three, Jehoiakim. And then number four, Jehoiachin. And then the last king ever to reign over the house of Judah in Palestine was Zedekiah. So we want to just touch a little bit on each of these. Now, I want you to go down to verse 10. And for your notes here, you'll find uh, because Jeremiah is the prophet, there are a couple of other prophets at this period of time, but the major prophet, as they're referred to, because Jeremiah was the major prophet, he is the prophet that sees the uh, desolation of the house of Judah and the last five kings. So we just touch on a little bit on, on, uh, on this here. Now, in verse 10, we have what I call uh, Jeremiah ministry. There's two phases, of, uh, yeah, two phases to his ministry. So uh, in verse 10, where he says, See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms. What you'll find in the book of Jeremiah, and we, uh, we're not doing the book as a whole, but what you'll find is that uh, 
Jeremiah in his ministry is a prophet. He said over the nations, and first of all, uh, he, he involves some prophecies concerning the nation of Israel, and then uh, closer to that, or really probably should be the other way, is the, uh, the nation of Judah. When the kingdom was split, they became two nations, two kingdoms. So kingdom of Israel, kingdom of Judah, and Jeremiah's prophecies involve both, but more particularly that. Then when you get to certain sections in the, uh, in the prophecy of Jeremiah, he moves out into the, uh, the widening circle and deals with Gentile nations. So there's certain uh, Gentilic chapters in Jeremiah's book. So when the Lord says, I've set you over the kingdoms and over the nations, uh, it involves Israel, but especially Judah, and then the Gentile nations around. So he has a prophecy for everybody. Now, uh, let's go to the next part of the verse here. Jeremiah's ministry to the nations, and here were particularly the nations and kingdom, were particularly thinking of the uh, nation of Judah, not the nation of Israel as much, though it's involved. The kingdom of Judah, uh, not so much the kingdom of Israel, though it's uh, involved. All right, first uh, phase, and you can put this down on your notes if you're taking down notes, is uh, number one, his ministry is to root out to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down. Four things in what we refer to as Jeremiah's rooting out ministry. So, uh, so the first phase of his ministry is a rooting out, a a pulling down, to destroy, destroying, and throwing down. So it's a whole devastating, disastrous ministry. And what Jeremiah actually sees, he sees the rooting out, the pulling down, the destroying, the throwing down, of uh, Judah's last five kings from Josiah uh, to Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, and then Zedekiah. He sees that whole rooting up ministry. All right, phase two of his ministry is in the latter part of the verse. He's also to build and to plant. All right, so first phase of his ministry is rooting up, pulling down, destroying, throwing down. And the second phase is to build and plant. Why don't you just uh, go over, and this is, this is not on your notes, just uh, the thought that it comes back to my mind again. Turn over to uh, the Gospel of Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, and uh, I can only throw the question at you, hit it, run away, let you think about it between now and the millennium, or wherever you might be, and then uh, I'll get back to our notes here. Uh, in Matthew chapter 16, and remember, Jeremiah is referred to as the weeping prophet. He wept over Jerusalem. He sees the desolation of Jerusalem. Jesus is the weeping prophet. And he wept over Jerusalem. And he eventually sees the desolation of Jerusalem under the New Testament Babylon, Rome, as Jeremiah saw the desolation of the temple and city under Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon in the Old Testament. All right, now in verse 13, just glance your eyes over it. We won't take time to read it. Uh, Jesus is coming to the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And uh, we skip over this glibly, but there's more in it than meets the ear. Uh, they said, Some say you are John the Baptist. We thought he was John the Baptist, risen from the dead, who had been beheaded. Number two, some said you Elijah, because Elijah never finished his ministry and was taken to heaven. And they all believed Elijah would come back again. More than that than meets the ear. And then others said, you're Jeremiah. Now, why did they say he could have been Jeremiah? All I can say now, 
is that Jeremiah never finished his ministry. He, he saw the rooting out, pulling down, destroying and plucking up of the last uh, five kings of the uh, Judo-Davidic throne. But there's a mystery about Jeremiah. Did he ever build and plant that throne? And that's, that's the question mark. Now, okay, so much for that. Why do they say Jeremiah? And, uh, and they also said, maybe one of the prophets. Now, in, in back, back to Matthew 15, Jesus follows similar two phases in his ministry of rooting out and then building. Jeremiah's first phase was rooting out ministry, then building. Ma uh, Matthew chapter 15, you see this, just very briefly in the verse, verse 12 and um, 12 to 14. But he answered, uh, then came his disciples and said unto him, Don't you know that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? And now listen to the, in principle, the Jeremiah ministry that Jesus has. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. But just as Jeremiah had a rooting out, tearing down, destroying, plucking up ministry, Jesus had the same. Many things, and you know, in principle, Often, well, always, there's always things in my life, your life, that the Lord has to root out and tear down and pluck up traditions and things that have to be rooted out before he can build and plant truth. How many have found that? Or am I the only one? Okay. And uh, all right, so rooting out. But then in chapter 16, Matthew 15 is the rooting out ministry of Jesus. Matthew 16 is the building ministry. So back to Matthew 16. And after the question about, well, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, uh, and he asked them, who do you say that I am, Peter? Uh, he gets a revelation from the Father. And so in verse 18, I say also unto thee, Peter, you've said something unto me. I'm saying something also to you. You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So in Matthew 15, it's a rooting out ministry. Plants that have not been planted by the Father are going to be rooted out. In Matthew 16, it's building ministry. I'm going to build my church. So uh, Jesus and Jeremiah, both weeping prophets, both wept over the uh, city of Jerusalem, both prophesied of, of the destruction of the temple and the city and the desolation of the people, and both had a rooting out, tearing up ministry. So all the prophets in that sense point to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the prophet. All right, so uh, two phases of his ministry. Now, let's just move on our notes, and we can only touch very, very briefly on these kings. I'll just give you some important things. Josiah, now, I put the scriptures there. Uh, if you, uh, you know, get, uh, get to reading them yourself, all the details, I'll say now. Josiah uh, was the last godly king ever of the house of Judah. All these other bunch here, his sons, right through to Zedekiah, just a wicked bunch. Just a wicked bunch. Josiah is the last of the godly kings. Also, under, Je uh, under Josiah, we have the last, well, we won't call it a revival, but the last period of reformation. So the last period of reformation. Josiah, in his few years as a, as a boy king, he, he brought about reformation uh, in the nation, but it was external reform, reformation, but no inward revival of the heart. That's the problem. So the last of the king there. And uh, 
a couple of other thoughts I'll give you here. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, in the eyes of the Lord, and he walked as David, his father, did. So he did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked as David, his father, did. A couple of other very important points here. here. And remember we said every king is judged by their attitude to the prophet, the word of the Lord, and by their attitude to the house of the Lord. Previous king, Manasseh and Ammon, bad, bad, bad guys. Josiah, he restored the house of the Lord, cleansed the whole house of the Lord, and restored the Davidic worship, the tabernacle of David referred to it. He restored the house of the Lord and restored the Davidic worship. And the beautiful things about here, the Lord says that he had a tender and a humble heart. A tender and a humble heart. A tender and a humble heart. And in, in uh, Josiah's ministry, there are two major ministries that spoke into his life. Uh, there was Hilkiah, so just think of Hilkiah, H-I-L-K-I-A-H. Hilkiah, who was a priest and taught Josiah from the book of the law, which was found in the house of God. So Hilkiah responded to the priest and also... He had two prophets in his life. There was Jeremiah the prophet, Jeremiah the prophet, and also a prophetess, Holder, by the name of Holder, H-U-L-D-A-H, a prophetess. So he had three godly ministries speak into his life. Let me say that again. I know I'm moving pretty fast. But Hilkiah, who, who taught uh, Josiah out of the book of the law, which they found in the temple, he was a priest. So as a king, he responded to priestly ministry, had a very humble and tender heart, the Bible says. And also he had two prophets speaking to his life. Uh, Jeremiah the prophet, a male prophet, and then Holder who was a prophetess. So he was willing to accept some input from a woman prophetess more than a lot of people would do today who are male chauvinists. And then a couple of other remarkable things here. Uh, he had the greatest Passover. He restored the feast of Passover after getting rid of idols and child sacrifice and cleansing the land of the occult. He had the greatest Passover feast uh, in the history of the nation since, since Solomon. I'll just say that point again. So the greatest Passover feast in the history of the nation since the time of Solomon. He got rid of idolatry. A child sacrifice. I mean, that was a terrible thing. The people of God, uh, child sacrifice, like the abortionists today, and got rid of occult. And then uh, one other thing I'll put there, and this scripture is not on your notes. It, it put down First Kings chapter thirteen, First Kings thirteen one to three, First Kings thirteen one to three, and Second Kings twenty three. Verses 15 to 16. These two scriptures are not on your notes there. 2 Kings 23, verse 15 to 16. And what you'll find is that Josiah was named over a hundred years before his birth. And if you can, those of you who've been here through the whole series here, if you can remember way back to the wicked man Jeroboam, 
And everybody was judged like Jeroboam or David. Jeroboam set up this counterfeit altar, counterfeit feast and everything like that. And when he set up this altar, God sent a prophet to him and he rebuked the king and the king stretched out his hand and his hand was withered until the prophet prayed for him. And then uh, this prophet prophesied over a hundred years before that a, a child by the name of Josiah is going to come and he's going to burn the bones of the false priest on this, offer, uh, on this altar. And as a sign, he said, as a sign to you, Jeremiah, that this is the word of the Lord, the altar just split apart. He must have re restored the altar. But over a hundred years later, Josiah, whose name before birth, he fulfilled that very thing and destroyed that altar. Second Kings chapter 23, verse 25. You've got the chapter there. This is, there's not, a, not another, another king particularly that uh, has this specific co uh, commendation. It says, there was no king like him who sought the Lord with all his heart, all his soul, and all his might in all the things of the law of Moses. So, you know, you think of the commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. So, all his heart, all his soul, and all his might, and all the law of Moses. And also another final point we'll say on this uh, one, or a couple of things here. It says, uh, there was no other king that says he did not turn to the right hand or to the left. No other king is that ever set up. He didn't turn to the right hand or to the left. And it reminds me of the scripture, you know, Isaiah said that, that um, uh, if you go to turn to the right hand or to the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And you know, right wing, left wing, he didn't go to extreme. He just kept right down the track. That's what we're saying. So, uh, godly king. He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. There is one negative thing about his life that's recorded. 31 years he reigned in Jerusalem. But one negative thing. God must have through a prophet spoken to uh, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, to go and, and uh, conquer a certain uh, uh, city. And so Josiah, unwisely, went out and uh, joined in the battle. And the Pharaoh, you know, an ungodly man, yet he must have responded to the word of the Lord. Pharaoh said to Josiah, look, withdraw from the battle. I've got nothing to uh, battle against you. I'm not fighting against you. But instead of Josiah just withdrawing from the battle, he stayed in the battle and accidentally got killed. So he didn't live his full life. He died prematurely. His fault. He should have listened to the word of God through a Gentile king. But he didn't. So see, some Christians die prematurely through disobedience. So oh, it's the devil. No, it was just plain disobedience. But that's the only fault recorded against that man's life. A great king. All right, number two, moving quickly here. You'll notice on uh, king number two here, Jehoahaz. He also was known by the name of Shalom. Uh, sometimes when an Egyptian king or Egyptian pharaoh or Babylonian king uh, uh, took these men captive, uh, they uh, changed their names. All right. Uh, he reigns three months. Not much to worry about him. 
He was 23 years old when he was enthroned and he only reigned three months. And all that said about him, two major things here, he did evil in the sight of the Lord as did his fathers, referring to the sins of Manasseh. That's, that's it. So king for three months, did evil in the sight of the Lord. And uh, what's the end result? Pharaoh took him to Egypt as a captive, dethroned him, and he was captive there, and he died in Egypt. And in the scripture I've given you there in Jeremiah 22, uh, verse 11 to 17, Jeremiah gave the prophecy over him and said, look, you're going to go to Egypt and you're going to die there. That's the end of him. All right, number three, King Jehoiakim. You'll notice he's also known as Eliakim. And he reigns 11 years in Jerusalem. Reigns 11 years in Jerusalem. But he is made king by Pharaoh Necho. So he's a tribute king. A king uh, laid under tribute. And uh, made king by Pharaoh. Because the kingdom of Judah is coming to an a, uh, end here. So reigns 11 years. And what does he do? He follows in the sins of Manasseh. Now, we didn't do Manasseh, but as I said, Manasseh was one of the wickedest kings out. Ahab was wicked in the house of Israel, but Manasseh beat them all. So he followed in the sins of Manasseh. Nothing good about this guy. He killed the prophet Urijah. Those chapters are all there. He killed the prophet Urijah. So, you know, I mean, a king putting a prophet to death, pretty deadly stuff because that's trying to kill the word of the Lord like uh, Herod chopping off the head of John the Baptist. So he killed the prophet uh, Urijah and uh, he was the first one that we have recorded that got into the Bible burning situation because when they found the, the scroll of the book and uh, they brought it to him and started to read the words of Jeremiah and the desolations that would come on Jerusalem uh, the king said, give me the scroll. And so he got the scroll and he cut up with a pen knife and uh, burnt the Bible in the fire. That's pretty heavy, you know. He kill, kills a prophet, burns the Bible, burns the word of God. And, uh, and, and here's the terrible thing. As you go through those scriptures, you'll find that God put a curse on him and all of his seed and disinherited them from the throne of David. Wish we had time to indulge in some of that because if you understand these things, you'll understand uh, differences in the genealogy in Matthew's Gospel and Luke's Gospel and why Joseph could not be the father of Jesus because he came from a line that was cursed and never to inherit the throne. But Mary came from the line of David through another line and she could. Uh, be inherited of the throne and, and Jesus born of her. So, you know, you have to understand the history of these kings. So just a bad, 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 bad guy, to say the least of it. And, uh, all right, end of him. All right, number four, Jehoiachin. And he's known by Jeconiah and Coniah, as it's got there, not Kevin, Coniah, but Coniah. So don't get me mixed up with this guy. Uh, he had a big reign, three months and 11 days. <laughs> so he didn't last. Just bad, bad, bad guys. 18 years of age, a teenager. 
wet behind the ears, totally devoid of wisdom, and reigned three months and eleven days. And summary of God, God doesn't give too many verses to some of these guys. He did evil in the sight of the Lord as did his fathers. And during his time, Nebuchadnezzar came and took him prisoner to Babylon. They pulled him off the throne, took him to uh, Babylon. In due time in Babylon, you'll find in those chapters, he was released from prison, uh, from prison and ate from the king's table, but never ever did uh, return to Jerusalem. And in the Jeremiah chapter there, terrible curse of Jeremiah on his seed and he's disinherited from the throne. Let, let me just, uh, just, uh, just sort of say this briefly. So what, what helps you in understanding why God put all these things here is that uh, if you go back to David here and uh, Jesus the Messiah was to be the son of David from David we have two major seed lines and we have uh, not the prophet Nathan, but a son by the name of Nathan. And then we have uh, over here uh, Rehoboam and company. And what you find is that as you go through the genealogies of Matthew and Luke, you'll find that through this line, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was born of this line. And so as we'll see tonight, Jesus could inherit the throne of David through this line. But when you go to this line, right through to the kings we're looking at tonight, you'll find that Joseph, who was the supposed, uh, you know, well, was the husband of Mary, all that line was disinherited from the throne and under a curse. So Joseph could never be the father of Jesus. So God in his mercy overruled. And see, the Gospel of Matthew deals with one and the Gospel of Luke deals with the other. And that would help you answer what seems to be apparent contradictions because people never go through the line of kings and say, oh, boring genealogies. No, God was keeping a line open there. All right, so uh, Jehoiakim uh, did evil in the sight of the Lord, taken to Babylon, in due time was released from prison. But as far as we know, he died in Babylon, and we have the terrible curse of Jeremiah. So you see what's happening here, as the Lord said to Jeremiah, I've set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, so... Here's uh, Jeremiah, uh, who represents the word of the Lord, as we say, and Jeremiah's ministry in the temple, the house of the Lord. And so he's got these five kings that he has to minister to. So He died prematurely. How Jeremiah wept over him. And all these guys were just bad, bad guys right through to the Babylonian captivity. And uh, Jeremiah sees that. So uh, that was his rooting out ministry, just seeing all those kings rooted out. All right, so now we go down to Je uh, Zedekiah. And he was 21 years old when he was enthroned. 21 years old when he was throned. And uh, he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He, he had another name there by Mataniah. And he was put there by the king of Babylon. So he was a, a vassal king uh, subject to the king of Babylon. And 
what's the summary on his life? He did evil in the sight of the Lord. So another bad guy. Just, they just got worse and worse. And uh, put down in connection with this king one other scripture here. Uh, Proverbs 29 and verse 1. Proverbs 21 verse 9. And uh, we're told that he did evil in the sight of the Lord. I'm quoting the language from some of your scriptures there. He humbled not himself before the prophet Jeremiah. He stiffened his neck. He hardened his heart and turned from the Lord. And so he multiplied transgressions and abominations and polluted the house of the Lord. Couldn't do much worse than that. So that's Proverbs 29 verse 1. Yes, because there it says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall be cut off and that without remedy. And Zedekiah was often reproved by Jeremiah, nothing doing. And so he's cut off and without remedy. In the scripture, as I put it there, I'm sorry we haven't got time to sort of develop these a bit more. But in Ezekiel uh, and Jeremiah, we seem to have two contradictory prophecies about Jeremiah. Uh, one said to, uh, that uh, Zedekiah would see the king of Babylon and another one said, just condensing this, that he would go to Babylon and not see it. So it seemed to be contradictory prophecy between Ezekiel in Babylon and Jeremiah up in Jerusalem. What happened was this. When the king Nebuchadnezzar came, he, he saw Zedekiah face to face and Zedekiah saw him. And, and, and Nebuchadnezzar slew all the royal seed except, uh, we assume, two princes' daughters, but all the royal sons of Zedekiah. No heirs to the throne. And then after he did that, he put his eyes out. Then he was taken to Babylon. So he saw the king of Babylon and went to Babylon and never saw it because he was blinded. You know, tragic. But that was physical condition of his spiritual. All right, now as time is moving on, as always, go down the bottom of the page under B, which we had time to milk this uh, more. You'll find now the problem is we have the covenant at stake because God said in the scriptures I've given you in the Davidic covenant that David would never lack a man to sit upon the throne. And though the seed would do evil, God would punish his seed, but there'd always be someone to sit upon the throne. So all these scriptures I've given you, they say, what about your covenant? You've made void your covenant. You said as long as the sun, moon and stars exist, there'll always be a, someone on the throne of David. And here's your big problem is that from Zedekiah, Zedekiah right through to the Lord Jesus Christ, we have about 600, at least 600 years, 600 BC. Uh, there's no one on the throne of David. Problem, what's happened to the covenant? Is God a covenant making and covenant keeping God? That's the problem. All right, now I want you to go over to... Let's go to Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23. Now, here, throughout all Jeremiah, as you go through his prophecies, you can link up many of the chapters that belong to Josiah or Jehoahaz or Jehoiakim or Jehoiachin or Zedekiah. Certain chapters, this is one of the keys to understanding Jeremiah, is to superimpose the chapters that uh, Jeremiah is speaking to these various kings. But woven throughout, 
there is that building and planting ministry that's underneath. And listen to what Jeremiah says in a couple of scriptures here. Jeremiah 23 and verse 5. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise up unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. So, in spite of all these bad kings and these wicked kings, most of them, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'm going to raise up unto David a righteous branch. And uh, a king will reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. These guys have executed judgment, but certainly no justice. In his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called. Let's all say it together. The Lord, our righteousness. And uh, I've also put a, another scripture there uh, where Jeremiah, so woven throughout Jeremiah are messianic prophecies that there's going to come a king. So, you know, that must have been very encouraging to the, the godly remnant there. So, wow, as we look back over the kings of Israel, a bad bunch, all followed the sins of Jeroboam. Nothing good about any of us. We go through all the kings of Judah. There's only about five good kings, Hezekiah and Uzziah and Josiah. Asa, and all restored the tabernacle of David, all restored the house of the Lord, and listened to the word of the prophet, basically. But look at all these other bad kings. God, is there any hope? What about the Davidic covenant? And God says, I'm going to give you a king. It's going to be a righteous brand. Turn over Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And then uh, we'll put the overhead fill in for you to fill in as I keep talking. Luke chapter 1. So after this breach period those words very important when there's no king God comes and sends the angel Gabriel who gave to Daniel the 70 week prophecy and uh, he turns up so in Luke chapter 1 and verse 30 we have these words and the angel said to her that's to Mary fear not Mary for thou hast found favor with God and behold thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And they could say, well, throne of his father David, where is the throne? Since Zedekiah was killed or died in Babylon and all his sons killed, where's the royalty? Where's somebody to take the throne? What about the covenant? And um, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And everybody said hallelujah. All right, let's let you get your fill in here. And then our time's gone, as always. Okay, now in the prophecies that Jeremiah gives, and so this really belongs to the, the building and plant, uh, yeah, the building and planting. After rooting out all those kings, uh, we have the building and planting. And these are the things that I've put the scriptures on your notes there. Nine things about this king, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords. So number one, he, he is the son of David. So you know how often they cry. And I put the scriptures there, have mercy upon me, thou son of David. So Jesus is the son of David. 
Number two, he's the branch. I will bring forth my servant, the branch. I will raise up unto you the branch, a righteous branch. So, Jesus is the branch. Number three, he's the king of kings and lord of lords. Number four, he is the savior prince. God has given us a prince and a savior. In his days, Judah shall be saved. And Israel, the only way anybody's going to be saved is whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's not just a, you know, so well, they're going to be saved. No, it's saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then number five, it says, He will reign and prosper in contrast to all the kings that we've been able to do over these last two uh, terms. He will reign and prosper. Uh, the, many of these kings reigned and they didn't prosper. Number six, he will execute judgment and justice. And we see these bad guys and how every king executed judgment, but very little justice. Talk about injustice. And one of the qualities of God is he's uh, a God of judgment and is a God that there's no injustice in him. Number se uh, seven, a prophecy concerning the, the, the son of David and the, the root of Jesse. There would be a sevenfold spirit upon him. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of might, and so forth, the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And number eight, in contrast to Saul and Uzziah and those kings who tried to, got into the sin of presumption and tried to unite the offices of king and priest, both these offices will be united in the one person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the greatest thing here, number nine, is his name is. Jehovah said, can you, which is the Lord, our righteousness. How many think that, you know, with all the devastation going on, that when Jeremiah came out with these prophecies, wow, to the faithful remnant, that was an encouragement. There's going to come a perfect king. All these kings have weaknesses and failures, but there's going to come a king of kings and Lord of lords. He is the perfect king, and in contrast with all the kings of Israel and Judah, there was no fault to be found in him. All right, if you can do that, you've got a few lessons here uh, that we learn from the kings and sort of summarizing all we've been through over the last two terms. See if you can write both hands at once. Okay, you've got about three or four minutes, so it's all right. So summarizing, hopefully, how many really feel you've learned something from these kings? All right, so... Uh, lessons we learn from the king. So number one, we learn that human nature at its best has a bias towards sin. And that's for us because, well, I'm applying it. You and I are called to be kings and priests. What sort of kings are we? You know, that's the lesson. All these things happen under them for types and examples. So number one, learn that human nature at its best has a bias towards sin. Number two, learn that character is more important than charisma. And we saw that over all these kings we looked at. Many of them had character, but de uh, charisma, pardon me, but devoid of character. Number three, learn that wisdom is the principal things for kings to live by, and by foolishness kings fall. We've seen that. Wisdom is the principal thing, and I pray every day, God give me wisdom. Help me not to be foolish and do stupid things or foolish things, unwise decisions. Learn that wisdom is the principal thing 
for kings to live by, and by foolishness kings fall. Four, learn that power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Forget who said that, but it's true. And so we saw these kings who assassinate one another, kill all the royal seed, just, you know, power. Received a throne, kingship, but didn't have kingdom character. So learn that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Number five, we've seen this in a number of the kings. Learn that pride brings a man low. Pride precedes a fall and leads to destruction. By humility, kings reign. So learn, I say this for the tape anyway, learn that pride brings a man low. Think of these kings who lifted themselves up, their hearts were lifted up. Pride precedes a fall and leads to destruction. By humility, kings reign. All right, then number six. Learn that, uh, that uh, leaders have power for good or evil. And no nation or people can rise above its leadership. We've seen that. Josiah turned the nation back to the Lord. At least reformation. There was no real revival. And... Uh, Godly kings, Jehoshaphat, and some of these kings, uh, see, le uh, nations rise and fall with the leadership. We see that in Australia today. Look at our politicians. Look at America. Look at Britain. Nations rise and fall with their leaders. Power of leadership for good or for evil. So learn that leaders have power for good or evil. No nation or people can rise above its leadership. It's true of churches too. Like leadership, like lead, like shepherd, like sheep. Number seven, learn that ultimately it is by God that kings rule and reign and he can dispose in his sovereignty those rulers who disobey his word, the prophets, and despise his house, the temple. And we've seen that. God puts them up and pulls ones down. He says, hey, I'm in charge. And related to that, of course, is number eight, Learn that he gives the kingdom to whomsoever he will. So some kings reign for three months, 11 days, some few years. I mean, God, God says, hey, I'm in charge. I put kings up. And even when Pilate said to Jesus, he said, are you a king? He said, don't you know I have power to release you? Jesus just calmly said, hey, listen, Pilate, you've got no power except it be given you from above. So, you're, you know, We've got to walk very humbly here. So number eight, learn he gives the kingdom to whomsoever he will. And finally, number nine, learn that there is only one perfect king, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and all are to be judged by him. So the bottom line is that you and I are called to be kings and priests. Lord Jesus said, I want, I want you to inherit the kingdom. But we need to say, Lord, building me character qualities so we can handle the kingdom and kingdom power. How many can say amen? All right, keep writing. Our time's up. We'll just close in prayer while you finish there. Father, we just thank you for these uh, two terms we've had and the privilege we've had of sharing together and studying together, Lord, on the kings of Israel and Judah. And we just pray, Lord, the numerous lessons that we've learned together from your word that you'll write these lessons deep in our hearts and deep in our minds 
Father, you've called us to be kings and priests under God. And we know, Lord, that we need character to handle the kingdom. Help us, Lord, and build the character of the King of Kings into us, the perfect King. And seal your word to all of our hearts. May we all be the better for the things that we've learned over these terms together. We ask in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. For more in-depth teaching on Israel's kings, be sure to see Kevin Connor's book, Kings of the Kingdom, available from word.com.au, from amazon.com, and also in PDF format on Kevin's website, kevinconnor.org.